0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the official podcast of Development Development Unplugged. And today is going to be a very important episode because we're going to be talking about... What are we going to be talking about?
1: Toxic relationships.
0: Toxic relationships, (laughs) in particular warning signs. How to identify warning signs, how to manage warning signs, how to respond to certain things that you're seeing, whether that means implementing more self-respect, better communication, uh, certain... Ground rules, certain distance, you know, not all cases are the same, but we want to explore what type of warning signs there are. So yeah, welcome everyone and uh, thank you, babe, for being here. Let's let's get into this. So you requested this topic or or you kind of have been insisting that we should talk about this topic for a while now. Kind
1: of, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: I think it's no secret that both you and I have in the past lived through some very interesting relationships that have sucked a bit of the life out of us. Yeah. So I think in today's episode, uh, what I want to talk about is how can you have a relationship where you explore how to heal certain wounds, how to overcome certain traumas, how to be empathetic, understanding with the other person, but without accepting certain abuse because there's a difference between being empathetic and outright accepting abuse. Yeah. And uh, I think most people in this world have had a hard time figuring out how to manage that. Some people burn bridges too fast and get offended by everything. People are overly forgiving and overly empathetic and overly patient and overly flexible and put up with a lot of things they shouldn't put up with. Uh, Some people ignore warning signs altogether and some people, you know, are a little bit more in between and and maybe have a better grasp on it. But I think the most important thing is not to go to extremes because it's dangerous when you start going to extremes because you will either destroy. Well, in either case, you destroy the relationships like uh, whether you're overly submissive and accepting of not so nice behaviors or you are overly conflict-prone or cut ties too quickly, in either case, things will be a little suboptimal. So let's talk warning signs.
1: Oh, there's a lot of them.
0: There's a... I'm going to swear, a shit ton of them.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there are plenty of them, and I don't know where to start, honestly.
0: Um, That's why we're going to do two... Actually, we're doing a two-part episode on on this topic. This week Really? We're gonna we are? Th- yeah, this week we're going to talk about general warning signs. Next week we're going to go into the elements. You know, warning signs of each element in their worst version. Okay. So, But this week we're going to go general. Will we mention the elements briefly? Maybe. Probably. But uh, yes, in terms of next week we're going to go more in-depth. How each one is in their worst version. I'm going to
1: have to do my homework. Mm. Because I only know my elements.
0: <laughs> well, you can look You can look inward. You can really look inward and look at what, what are your worst traits when you are in a not-so-good space and how that has affected your relationships. But, yeah. yeah. In this week's episode, I want to talk more in general. I want to talk about things like jealousy, things like being overly controlling, being overly uh, violent or being overly critical or being overly pessimistic and, you know, just kind of general traits that how they affect our relationships. So, Let's start tackling them one by one. So obviously, I think jealousy is a big one that surprisingly a lot of people have this feeling that jealousy is a good thing.
1: Yeah, um, I think a lot of people think that if he's not jealous of uh, of what you do, or who you talk to, that means uh, someone else has his attention. Yeah. And I guess I kind of grew up with that. But then after a while, I found out that it's actually quite toxic for someone to be jealous. I mean, of course, it's natural to get a little sense of jealousy every once in a while. It's natural. But the point is, it becomes toxic when this person acts on it. Um, for example, um, if, if for guys, your girlfriend uh, doesn't let you have a Friends that are girls, just because she's jealous of them, yeah. or makes you stop talking to certain people um just because they're jealous of them. I mean, that's extreme. That is that means that they're very insecure yeah. about themselves,
0: yeah, I think in general, what we have to talk about is insecurities, where when you understand that jealousy, generally speaking, is that you don't know your self-worth, you don't know your value, and you don't trust the other person. And as a result, that jealousy can multiply. But that's not to say that there isn't, like, healthy jealousy. Like, yeah, there's a small amount of jealousy where it's like, oh, I wish I was there. Like, oh, I wish I I had that attention right now. Like, just a little bit of, like, longing for someone. It can be cute if done the right way. But outright, like, oh, my goodness, this person doesn't care about me anymore or has forgotten about me or has abandoned me because they paid attention to this other person. I mean, that's that's where we start crossing into a different territory because that's when it starts destroying the trust and communication in a relationship. And that's what we want to avoid. We want to avoid uh, having that sensation of trust being destroyed. And I think in relationships, trust is key. And jealousy can deteriorate trust very quickly. Yes. Because the moment you start revising your partner's phone, the moment you start uh, asking too many questions, the moment you start uh, meddling in their business too much, that shows the other person that you don't trust them. And when that person feels like they're not trusted, that generates resentment. And when there's resentment, there's more drama and more conflict. So. What we want to look at is how can we actually get to a point where there's a general feeling of trust, where every person knows their value, and where there isn't that drama, where there isn't that jealousy which leads to conflict. Because, like you and I, I think one of the things that we are really happy about with our relationship is we don't control each other, we don't limit each other, we don't meddle in each other's business. But we also trust each other a lot, so we're very transparent about everything because we know we're not going to be judged or criticized or rejected. Like One of the things that I think we did a good job on early on was making it clear to the other person that we could talk about anything, do anything, or say anything, and the other person wouldn't take it personally. And that's something that you have to build that trust. You have to build that trust. And that's something that takes time, but the moment you put more important on your fears and your insecurities than on your goals in a relationship it's when you you stop the opportunities for building that trust like you're you've kind of grown up in environments where you get punished a lot
1: yeah
0: and you would get judged a lot for your actions yeah so i remember when we started dating you were very much like afraid of everything and you'd overly punish yourself for everything yeah <laughs> and uh it was very very hard like you couldn't make any mistake without you punishing yourself too hard yeah <laughs> like yeah, it I was, was
1: bad I, i'm still to this day a little bit too hard on myself very <laughs> very hard on myself um not as before but i am very hard on myself because I always want everything done perfectly and if it's not done perfectly then it's just very frustrating for me um and one ta- one thing that I'm trying to learn is that not everything's going to be perfect
0: no and, and perfectionism is often the result of insecurities like in most cases it's it's fear of judgment fear of rejection uh and it's easier to just give up and punish yourself than actually follow through with whatever it is you're doing. And many times you're like, oh my goodness, I messed up. And then you punish yourself too hard. And that comes from a history of you being surrounded by a lot of people that were overly critical of you. And the reactions to your failures were overly intense. Yeah. So in relationships, we got to avoid that. Like, we got to avoid that. Because if I... I'm overly critical of you every time, then you're going to be afraid of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, and you won't even feel comfortable. And that's something that I've seen so many times in relationships. When there's someone that is overly intense, overly judgmental, overly insecure, uh, overly, like, that has anger issues, then the other person ends up being afraid of that person to the degree that they're afraid of expressing themselves. They're afraid of messing up and that's when that person like that starts maybe separating themselves emotionally
1: yeah i i mean i used to think that there was you had like different personalities around different people um i remember a friend telling me you are a certain person when you're with your family you're a certain person with, when you're with your friend and you're a certain person when you're with your partner. Um, yeah. And I mean, if you don't think about it too much, then it's like, oh, OK. But if you go into things deeply, people would take it to another level. And there were certain things that they wouldn't tell their yeah. partner. There were certain things that they wouldn't do. I had lots of friends growing up because a lot of my friends were guy friends. I never really had girlfriends ever since like (laughs) middle school I've always had more guy friends and I remember them they would they would tell me certain things and I would know about certain things but their girlfriends wouldn't like if they were cheating or something that was only with their friends yeah um and it was quite like weird because seeing them like they they loved this girl and they were she was the only one and blah 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 blah. it just made me realize to a point like i stopped believing in people i because i had guy friends i i knew how it was i knew how incredibly romantic and respectful they could be but as soon as you leave the room they become a different person so it became to a point that i was just like i'm not gonna do relationships i'm just gonna date um and for a while i think you're my first boyfriend after like six years or so but for a while i was just only dating and i just didn't want because i knew that this guy could like be super nice to me but to his friends he could be someone completely different because i used to see that with my guy friends so um i guess a lot of people have that that they don't tell their partner everything
0: yeah and and a lot of communication that can end up, how should I say, a lot of people don't communicate with their partners because they're afraid of the partner's reactions and they're afraid of their partner's rejection and they're af- a, afraid of losing that person. So a lot of people like to just say what the other person, what they think the other person wants to hear instead of actually expressing the reality. And that makes it uncomfortable because then you end up tippy-toeing and really being in a situation of like, I can't be myself, and I'm doing this thing, and my partner won't like it, etc., etc. But there isn't an opportunity to actually have dialogue about, you know, what does each person want? How does this work for everyone? And the moment that you actually open up and you go like, listen, this is what I like, this is what I need, this is how I am, this is something that you got to realize, then things get easier. And I think setting realistic expectations in the beginning of a relationship is one of the hardest things because you just mentioned how some people are different people with different in different environments, and that's true. But that, generally speaking, stems from that fear of judgment and re- rejection. And it is especially the case in the early days. I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship where in the first few months you try to be everything you think that that person will want. And you attend games or uh, sports games, you attend uh, uh, and you go to nightclubs or restaurants or things that the other person likes but you might be very uncomfortable in those environments. You might not like that sport but you might just sit there and like watch the sport with your partner. You might just go through a lot of things where you don't like the environment you're in but you do it because you want the approval of the other person. And you realize what the other person wants and then you start emulating those behaviors. But eventually what happens is you get so tense, you get so drained, you get so overwhelmed that you have a, like, you break down and you release your personality, your way of being, but in not the best way, in the most drained way. Because if you try to sustain a lie, if you try to be something or someone you're not for too long, you're going to get super exhausted, super drained, and releasing your genuine self is good, but doing it out of desperation, frustration, anger, or just because of pure fatigue where you can't control yourself anymore and you just can't be that lie anymore, that, then you show up as your worst version. And I think a lot of us have done that in relationships where for the first three months or first six months or first year, we try to be this per- perfect person for the other person. And then little by little, we start kind of letting out more bits of our personality, more bits of our true self. But because we're so tense and so bottled up trying to be something we're not, the way we release it ends up being not the nicest way. And we start pushing the other person away. We start kind of creating drama and conflicts. And things start to deteriorate after that. I think something that is very important is from the get-go saying, this is how I am. This is what I do. This is the way i act this is the way i think so take it or leave it having the confidence to be like take it or leave it goes a long way
1: yeah i think one of the main things that worked for us at the beginning is i remember this clearly um i don't know if it was like second night we spent together or the third i don't remember if it was our first Or or third day, but like um, I remember that uh, I had a soccer game that I wanted to watch badly, and so you found some link to somewhere else, and then you ended up just putting it on on the the screen. Now, and any other, I don't know, boyfriend, uh, or person that I was seeing at that time, because you weren't my boyfriend at that time, but they would have sat there even though they wouldn't like very be interest like interested in the mm-hmm. soccer game uh but you didn't like you put the whatever thing on the screen and then you were doing your own thing yeah. um you didn't try to like the things i did okay. um i think you were only like paying attention because i was yelling at the tv
0: yeah, yeah It was it was entertaining <laughs> watching you and your reactions with the tv <laughs> but it was a game i wasn't that interested in and i was just up front i was like I'm not that into it, but I'll set it up so you can enjoy it.
1: Yeah. And you weren't there next to me. You were doing, I think you were working on your computer or yeah, something, yeah. probably. Um, but you weren't there next to me pretending to like the game. And there's a lot of people that do that. Yeah. And then they do this like awesome honeymoon phase where they do everything for you and they pretend yeah. they like all the things. And then suddenly they start to fade away because that's not their true self.
0: Yeah. No, it's actually impressive. I think we both met each other when we kind of were fed up with a lot of things from our past relationships. Yeah. we were just very upfront about a lot of things. Like, you were upfront. It was like, I don't like normal relationships. I don't like this. I don't (laughs) do those types of relationships. And I was like, it's okay. Like, I have no expectations. Let's just see what everyone, like, let's just, see what each person needs and go from there. And you were like yeah. afraid and you are actually almost like dismissive in your way that you are like saying things in a way to like, if you're kind of, if you're going to want to like, if this is going to be a problem, like, let me know right away because this is kind of just the way I think and act. And, and I was like, you know what? I appreciate the honesty. It makes it easier. And yeah. neither of us were really looking for relationships, but we got a relationship because... We were just so upfront and honest about things yeah that it just kind of clicked we weren't playing those games of trying to keep up appearances or trying to be this perfect thing we both were like this is what i am with all the baggage and all the bullshit and all the this and <laughs> all this insecurities and like you want to take it or you want to leave it like we like it wasn't that literal but like we met each other very, very, very tough time in in our lives. I
1: had a panic attack the first. You time. had a big panic
0: attack like, on the first day.
1: I I was supposed to see you in a certain plaza, and then you were supposed to pick me up there. And then the first thing that I did, the first moment I saw you, and I got in the in in the in the Cadillac, was like, I'm having a panic attack right now. That's the first. The I didn't even say hi to you. Uh, I was just all like, I'm having a panic attack. right now. Yeah and and i think my panic attack lasted like an hour because we were supposed to go to the movies um but i think it lasted around an hour and you yeah, was, fed me bad. and i took my pill and then i like two hours because we got yeah. to your place you fed me i took my pill and then we waited another hour for it to kick in and then we ended up going to the movie's it, it,
0: it, was, it was very much a clear situation. Where we were just r- like right up front honest about things in the beginning. And I, I, I think the, something we have to understand is a lot of warning signs that we have in relationships really can go either direction. There are certain things that are outright abusive and some things that are just people that don't understand each other and aren't on the same page. And I think we need to distinguish between what warning signs are an easy fix, what warning signs are a, mm, you got to put some ground rules and you know set some limits, and what's absolute like run, run, get out. Yeah. Like there, there, there are differences there. You shouldn't treat them all the same. Like, for example, let's face it. In development we talk about personality psychology, we talk about how we all have different combination of personalities and in different moments we act in different ways. And often we talk about how it's influenced by when we're insecure, when we're drained, when we don't understand the context enough, when we are uh, bringing our past baggage into the present and assuming the worst. Like there are many different things that we actively do that takes us to act in a not so positive way. But those are things that we can change. Those are things that are easy to change the moment we work on understanding the situation better, uh, recharging our inner battery to have more energy, have more mental clarity, have more patience, have more tolerance, have more empathy and understanding. And when we also work on boosting our confidence and knowing our self-worth, you know, there are certain things that by doing certain actions, we can start directing our character traits in a very positive way. And when we identify, ah, this person is just insecure, this person is just drained, this person is stressed because of a thing at work, this person is stressed because of this, then we don't take it so personally. And then we can just help that person out. And it happens a lot. Like, obviously, dating me is not easy.
1: It's not easy, but it's like, it's it's different, and it's a challenge. Not in a way that you're controlling, like I'm used to, or, or arguing. It's just not easy in a way, um, for example, I have to understand that sometimes you have work. Yeah. And sometimes I'm going to have to fall asleep, and you're going to be sometimes working up Sometimes it's always. <laughs> um, sometimes we could be in the middle of having a romantic date together or something, and I know that you're going to be on your phone because you're working. Yeah. Um now, it isn't a challenge. It, it sometimes is because sometimes I, I get into an emotional state and I'm just like, why are you are not paying attention to me? Especially when I'm having like a depression spell or something. I'm just like, why aren't you listening to me? Why are you on your phone? And that way it's a challenge. But when I'm my normal self, I, I know the moment that I started dating you, the responsibilities that you had. Right. And I'm not going to be like, oh, I need this. I need your attention. I need you to be in bed by this time because I need to fall asleep at this time. And I need you to be there. Like sometimes I can be like, babe, you, <laughs> you want to be in the bedroom until I fall asleep um, or something. But but I'm, I'm not the type to get mad if you have work to do, if you're out oh, here and working. I, I, and that's the thing, because,
0: for example, when we talk about how to avoid a lot of warning signs spiraling out of control is just, you know, be open about the things that you know will trigger the other person from the get-go. Like, I was very clear from, like, first date, I'm going to be on my phone during dates. When you're dating me, you're dating someone who's not disconnected from work pretty much ever because, like, it doesn't matter where we are, I'm always going to be attentive to what's going on in the office, even if I'm not in the office and things like that. So setting those expectations early on is easy and or important. But also, what, what I also was getting at is, because I am affected so much by how my team is doing, by by how things are working in the office, sometimes I can be very stressed as well. Very, very stressed.
1: Yeah, sometimes you can be very stressed. And, for example, we can have a movie night and you're stressed. Um, yeah. We can... We can try to do an activity together, but you're stressed. Before this whole pandemic, we could go out and go out for dinner or a movie, but you would be on your phone because you were stressed about something. And it is a challenge. I mean, it kind of is. But I'm also... The thing is about me that I don't like to have um, a boyfriend that suffocates me. That's always like, oh, this, this and that. Like, you're just the amount of perfect... You ignore me the. <laughs> I mean, you
0: don't ignore <laughs> me, but <laughs> you're the right amount of perfects. Just ignore me the right amount. Yes,
1: yeah, you ignore me the right amount. Like you're not, you're not there. Like pushy every single time. Like That's since the, the most be- <laughs>
0: romantic thing you've ever- <laughs>
1: Since the beginning, you were. <laughs> Uh, you were perfect. Like I would see you on your phone, but I would know that you were working. I, I would see you on your laptop, you know, working. And I've had boyfriends in the past be on their phone right in front of me, talking to someone else, yeah. and I knew they were talking to someone else. And it was just, and to be for dating you, it's like a different world. It's like, okay, he's actually working, and um, and you're like on your laptop, and then you were talking to the guys at that at that time. I didn't know who they were. But I knew you were working because uh, you would send voice notes and everything, and I would listen, and it's like, okay, he's working. And it was just perfect for me. I was like, okay, yes.
0: (laughs) And and luckily, in in terms of our case, we have similar ambitions, and and we kind of support each other in our projects and stuff. But I think exactly understanding the context... Can prevent a lot of these warning signs spiraling out of control because exactly if someone is ignoring you, if they're not paying attention, if they're not making you a priority, if they are constantly letting you down, if they're constantly changing pants, if they're only half present, things like that can be a huge red flag because exactly can be that you just decide peace and they're not transparent about and there's nothing wrong with being the side piece if that's what you want and there's honesty and it's like okay you're both on the same page but there's certainly something wrong with you leading someone on to believe one thing and then doing something completely opposite yeah Uh, and i think that's the problem you know i have nothing against people seeing multiple people and things like that but i think there's a big problem when you lead someone on and you tell them listen I am totally faithful and exclusive with you but I have these five other people I'm not telling you about like that that yeah. that's when th- when things are, become problematic yes. and I think when you set expectations right and when you communicate what's going on I'm addicted to context I overexplain myself so the point where you're like you shouldn't explain yourself so much you shouldn't like you over justify and explain your actions sometimes like that's what you tell me that I shouldn't spend so much time telling people what I'm doing and why I'm doing it yes because I've learned that it can help prevent a lot of problems if you take that time to just let the other person know. Like, yo, this is what's up. This is why I'm doing this. So I almost narrate my days as like, I'm doing this because of this and paying attention to this because of this. And I'm focused on this because of this. And I kind of go through that process with everyone, but I overdo it sometimes.
1: Yeah, sometimes I have to tell you like, babe, um, you could be doing something else instead of explaining yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah I mean but I mean that's what I liked about you when I met you. That's what I like about you because you were y- we had some deep conversations the first day we met each other and um you were willing to hear my my what was going on in my head and and you were sharing a lot of things. Like you told me I work and I'm always going to be working you know, and and stuff and I mean, that's something that you told me off the bat. You didn't, you didn't like pretend our first date that you were free and there wasn't any distractions or anything. I mean, you were on your phone, like not all the time, not the whole entire day. I mean, you were giving me attention. You were, you were, you were making me feel special, but you told me I, I, I'm, even though I'm not in the office, I have to respond to messages to to, doubts. And I mean, as a leader, if you're dating someone that's a leader, you have to understand that. It's not they're not just any like any other employee like they if you're a leader, you have to be there for your employees, regardless of the night or the day or the time that it is you if they have doubts, you know, you can't say, oh, this is my schedule. No, you you have to help them. Yeah. Um. So. I guess just setting things straight from the beginning, and I was pretty honest with you. I I told you, okay, you know what, I have panic attacks. I had depression, I have anxiety, I take pills, I take this, I take that. Yeah. Um and I don't know why you stayed. I really don't know why you called back, but <laughs> it was a really intense date. Like I had a full blown panic attack, our first date that lasted an hour or two. Um and then after that we went to the
0: movie No, in my case it was lucky because I've I've spent a lot of time with my sister working through anxiety and depression and you know a lot of mental health challenges that you have. I went through with my sister, so I was like, oh, I I know this. I'm familiar with this. This, <laughs> this I understand. So for me it was easy, but I liked the the honesty. I liked the clarity. I, I didn't. Like, you didn't try to put on an act and then be like, oh, surprise. There's all this surprise baggage that I didn't tell you about. You know, you're transparent from the beginning.
1: No, the thing is that, well, I mean, I've never, well, I haven't always been this transparent about my relationships. Like, I've been toxic. I've been very toxic in the past, especially in my teenage years. I've been over the top toxic. Like I was that type of girlfriend, not to go through your phone. I've never done that because I think that's really crazy. <laughs> that's just over the top. That's no. Um, because one thing that I don't like is for people to go through my things. And I don't do it. If I don't like it, I don't do it to someone else. Um, because that's something that I just ugh, I just uh it just gets me very it's very frustrating for me for people to go through my things. So I've I haven't checked phones or anything, but what i do is i do um how did i used to do toxic i don't even remember this seems like a whole another lifetime ago um but i used to be jealous about every little thing sometimes i would create drama just because i wanted attention from my boyfriend um this was like what i was like 13 probably or 14 and um as i grew up and i became a young adult it was like more like i'm so tired of this like it was just like Uh, and then I would see, I learned about open relationships, like very little, but they were always highly criticized by people around me. Like they're like, how can you have a relationship like that? But then I would see relationships around me and they would act a certain way in front of each other, but then they would, they, they, they would see people from the outside and I would just, I would sit there and I was like, I don't want that. I do not want that in my life. And so eventually, um, I started dating but i would tell my 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 partners i'm an i'm an open person like if you're dating me you could date other people i can date other people and i can see whoever i want you can see whoever you want i really don't care um as long as first when you're with me your attention is solely like on me you're not talking on the phone or texting someone else um and you show me respect like that that's it Um so obviously at the beginning it was quite tough because well Yannick, you're you're eight years older than me, right? Eight or seven? Okay. Well Yannick is eight, seven years older for me. He understands this a bit more. But people my age, around their twenties, twenty ones, twenty twos, uh we're still uh, boys are still a little insecure. (laughs) So at all
0: ages. At all
1: ages, but they still you know they're still getting to know at this point they're still like they're still trying to find out who they are um and I've had uh my first open relationship dating things they were with boys my age and at first they were like totally down with the idea they loved the idea They, they most of them had never experienced a relationship like that most of them were quite curious but one thing I learned is that they would like to do things, but if I were doing other things and they found out, they would start getting insecure. Yeah. and um, <laughs> I don't know if it's because of the age or I don't know, I just didn't know I, like if they were if I just didn't choose the right people. um but it was still like a thing like, they felt insecure that the fact that I could have fun and I could see other people and I was laughing with other guys and having the best time of my life with other guys as well. Um, and they just couldn't handle it. And then it became a problem with a lot of them that they would just be like, at then they, they they couldn't do it. But I was just like, but you guys can be with other yeah. girls and I'm not saying anything and I'm not complaining. But as soon as you see me having like, I don't know, fun or hearing about me having fun with someone or talking with someone, it's a problem. So I guess that I never I always stood my ground and I was like, I'm not going to do a normal relationship. I never let myself go into a normal relationship because if I'm if I if if a partner tells me what to do with rules and everything, I become the worst version of myself. Um, For those
0: that know develop development, never tell a fiery person what they can or can't. Do.
1: <laughs> yes. And I've had boyfriends in the past want to control me. Like I've had boyfriends in the past tell me you can't be friends with this person, that person. And let me tell you, I never gave in to the no matter challenge how I, I was just like challenge accepted. And then um I was always like, Okay, you can be cute, you can be as back in middle school, it was like you can be as popular in high school as much as like you can be the populist person on on earth. But I don't care. Don't tell me what yeah, to do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I always used to have that problem with my boyfriends because they always used to think it's because you're very cold. You don't think about what I feel. And I was like, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me who to hang out with. Because you tell me don't talk to that person, that person becomes my best friend.
0: <laughs> now, that's where next week you guys got to tune in because we're going to talk about how warning signs show up in each element. And yes. and these insecurities and these... Uh, actions that happen out of fear frustration not understanding situations they really go in very different directions depending on what element you have Mm. and yeah there's certain things that you can amplify things you can amplify problems and uh, we have a little comment here from manatee that's like you guys are lucky to have each other you're very uh, you're very natural honest and funny with each other thank you for the nice comment Mm -hmm. and yes i i think we we both feel quite fortunate because we we're on the same page in a lot of things, and and it's been very easy, despite having met each other at, at our worst, like me going through losing my grandfather, and and you going through uh, your anxiety, eating, really have an yeah, eating disorder eating and disorder, things like that. And, and that, and that was having destroyed a lot of things in your life. But mm, yeah, it, it's 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 surprising, being quite quite easy despite all of that, because of the communication and respect we have. And, and yeah, going into the, the topic that, that Des is talking about with open relationships. When we talk about warning signs and we talk about relationship styles, one thing I want to make it very clear is there's no one right path. There's no one right way of doing relationships. Relationships are agreements between two or multiple people where you set certain guidelines, certain rules, but it's not about controlling, like, because exactly, if you have like rules that are restrictive, then it, it feels like you're trapped. But just kind of like, listen, this is, this is what works for me. This is what doesn't work for me. I don't like this. I like this. I'm confident with this. I'm not confident with that. And just being honest about things, then you can explore whether you're going to explore that relationship further or whether you're going to agree that you're not compatible, right? And when it came to this point, when she came to me with that, the the interesting thing about Des and her approach to open relationships is to some degree, it was influenced by her letdown with relationships in the past because she had been controlled a lot. She had been... Uh, had a lot of boyfriends that would tell her, You belong in the kitchen, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to cook, you have to clean, you have to, you can't see this, you can't talk to this, you can't have guy friends. Like, so obviously, your response was like, I'm just gonna do the total opposite, I'm gonna do open relationships. Yeah. But it was kind of a rebellious act at first.
1: Uh huh. First, it was kind of a rebellious act, but then I kind of liked it because I was more at
0: peace. Yeah, you didn't have the same drama and conflict in your relationship because you, you were honest from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and the interesting thing is, Like, doing things that are, uh, like, rebelliously doesn't really work, but it can sometimes liberate you to then explore what works. And with this, that's kind of what happened. She she had that kind of period of kind of rebelling where it kind of worked, but it also brought a lot of problems. And then it was like, you know what, this is, now I'm going to find my way. And by the time she met me, she was just like, this is kind of how I am. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what I won't tolerate. And then I was like... No problem. I get it. I understand it. No problem. And I was like, listen, for me, I don't care if it's an open or closed relationship. I don't care anything about what you do when you're not with me. As long as you have self-respect and you have respect for me. And when you're with me, you treat me right. That was kind of my basic ground rules. I was like, I don't want to be treated badly. I don't want to be treated like I'm just the person you're settling for. I don't want to be treated like you're using me. Like... It's an important. Call? I th-
1: I think it's a package. Remember, um, and it keeps okay. calling.
0: Just go answer, because <laughs> otherwise they're gonna be calling and calling calling. Um. So while she answers that little quick call, uh, one thing that that we gotta look at is when you s- establish ground rules in a relationship, it's just, it's just being honest. It's just being honest. It's just being like, listen, this is this is what's up. This is uh what I need. This is what you need. And let's see where we can find middle ground. And warning signs warning signs many times can be resolved when you set honest expectations when you actually communicate properly and honestly but the key is have self-respect have respect for the other person and have curiosity to figure out how can you create something that works for the involved parties but generally speaking the biggest issue that causes a lot of toxicity in relationships is insecurities. So, for example, we're going to talk a little bit about our, our dynamic. It was
1: security. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I figured, because they kept calling. Kept yeah, they calling. kept
0: calling. <laughs> so, uh, in, in, in our case, for example, we have, quote-unquote, an open relationship. Yes. But the reality is we have really not acted on it because...
1: <laughs> we're just so... Um, I mean... I guess we're just so happy in our relationship that honestly um, it's not very necessary. I mean, I'm not going to say that maybe in the future I'm not going to do it because I mean, I've always been like, we deserve our freedom. And, yeah. and I don't like, if you're going to have fun somewhere or, or experience new things, I don't want to take that away from yeah. you, even if it's not with me. Um, but right now we, I, I mean, in a few in a few days, we turn it's our anniversary, our first oh, yeah, year one anniversary, year, one year, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I guess it's just been. Usually at this time, we've already had an argument with like past uh, like, partners. Yeah, we've well, we kind we of defeated yeah, the odds
0: in, in both of our yes, relationships. and kind of standard yeah. lengths and stuff.
1: Um and. With you, I mean, we've never had really an argument. I've never really have had the need to go out and date um other people. I mean, yeah, of course, I I like having friends, um, but with you, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, if I want to go shopping, you're you're my partner to go shopping. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it, it wh- I think the point I want to get with this is giving sometimes by giving people freedom. They, they don't be- take they it they become more l- kind of loyal or more committed to you because there's more trust and there's more transparency and there's easier time communicating needs and desires and and it's easier to satisfy each other when you give each other f- that freedom or that trust yeah sometimes when now, you give
1: freedom to them it's easier for them to actually follow the the rules then if you tell them, don't do this, don't do exactly. that, because if when you get told what to do, you always want to do what they you're told not yeah. to. It's like, for example, when I used to go to school, middle school, I was supposed to wear my skirt like a certain length and it, yeah. it had to be tucked in and the uniform has to be perfect and everything. Then I moved on to high school and then I found out that I could wear anything I wanted. I could do whatever I wanted with my uniform as long as I was just wearing the T-shirt. And I remember that. And the first thing I did was buy my little cute long socks and my skirt that matched my, my thing. And like for middle school, that would have been a standard for me. Like you're following the rules. But but since I had that liberty that I could literally show up in, in, to school with sandals and jeans um. I didn't want to do it. I yeah. wanted to create, like, this cute uniform girl, schoolgirl yeah. outfit. And and I would literally wear a skirt. And my friends would tell me, like, you 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 can wear shorts. You yeah. can wear jeans. You can wear all these different type of things. But you prefer to. But it was because I wasn't told what to do. And in middle school, I would do whatever it could to not wear the uniform as I was being told how to wear it. <laughs> uh, no,
0: I, I think there's a lot. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of value in in. Communicating that people are free. Uh, and in relationships, when you treat the other person like property and you kind of cage them in and you put a lot of rules, that's a big warning sign. That's a warning sign that the other person doesn't like, ha- is very insecure, is controlling, and that can be a very, very toxic behavior. And let's look into a l- little bit further here in a second. But one thing that I want to, to say is giving people freedom. And not judging them for their actions and not punishing them too harshly when they mess up creates an environment where that person can come to you. I say this because how many teenagers, ha- like with controlling parents, end up living very rebellious lives because they realize everything is forbidden fruit and then they want it all? Yeah and what i've actually seen is people that have parents that are more open like i grew up in denmark right so to give you guys context in denmark by the age of 13 you can pretty much drink you can smoke you can have sex you can do whatever you want and by then the school has already given you condoms the parents of all the parents have given you alcohol and they have driven you to parties and picked you up and like, it's it's like it's a whole different culture it's 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 like the opposite of puritan uh, north american approach to things like in Denmark, in your junior high graduation or middle school graduation, you go and you party with all the parents. You get on the back of a truck, open up, you dress up in costumes, and you drive in that truck to the each parent's house of all each classmate's house. And in each classmate's house, they serve you vodka, beer, <laughs> like all kinds of alcohol. Like Basically, the point is to get you as drunk as possible. And by the end of the night, once you visited all the parents, you meet up with your teachers, and you get drunk with your teachers. And you're in costumes. I was in a pimp suit in Denmark. (laughs) Me, pimp suit, and drunk with all the parents of all the uh, classmates and all my teachers. You would not imagine that in in this part of the world. But in Northern Europe, that stuff happens. And the interesting thing is what I've seen a lot is... My friends in Denmark, by now, they have gotten their shit together because they got all that stuff out of the system very fast and they didn't get into as much trouble. There weren't as many, like, I don't think there's any teenage pregnancies and from my uh, classmates and things. Like, it was just not a thing because there's communication, there was liberty, and the parents would take you and pick you up. And they were like these nightclub uh, type things for preteens, like, between like, 12 13 and maybe 15 and they're basically just rent out this big sports stadium a sports hall and put a dj and there would be an ambulance right outside and there would be a bouncers and there would be adults supervising and like in high school parties they would serve alcohol too like there were a lot of things that i grew up in a in a more liberal uh, way but the interesting thing is my friends in Denmark, comparing them to my friends in Canada, where they are a little bit more strict, and comparing them to my friends in Mexico, there's such a big difference between the ones that live in an environment where there's freedom, openness, where they talk about things, where people feel free to explore things. They explore things in a more supervised, controlled environment, and those where everything is forbidden fruit, so they just learn to lie, manipulate, and do a lot of toxic stuff. For example, in Mexico... A lot of people i see because they have very controlling parents they end up learning to lie very well from an early age in the u.s and canada it's hit or miss it really depends a lot on on, on the, the family. family but there is still more puritan beliefs more conservative beliefs than in where i grew up for example in in northern europe uh and uh seeing those, that contrast i was very shocked when i moved to canada i was very shocked when i moved to mexico i was very shocked when when i spent more time in north america seeing how teenagers really got more into drugs got more into uh, their relationships were more toxic like there was just more drama there was just more toxicity and a lot of it was because people had been controlled and suppressed their whole lives and having grown up in a place where there wasn't that it was like I really saw a contrast, and I see a big contrast between my friends from Denmark versus my friends from from North America. And the one one thing that I've I've, I've come to like, and one of the things I, I I love about our relationship is, you didn't try to reinforce all these stereotypes or control me. And I
1: I hate these stereotypes. I I hate the Mexican I mean I love my country don't get me wrong and I love the race that I am and I love being Mexican I love the food but one thing I do not agree on is how Mexican families do things I'm not saying all of them do them but most of them are you're supposed to be a virgin until your marriage or you're supposed to get married until you get together with someone or you live with someone you're supposed to do this and that and I never liked that tradition ever since I was little, I was all like, I, I never, never want to marry, uh, a Mexican. Maybe that person's going to like, cause for me, I never met a single guy that, that would think the way that I would, you know, I had a lot of guy friends, like I said, and most of them would be like, Desi, don't, don't sleep with a lot of people. Don't do this. Don't wear a short skirt because you like, look, please
0: wear the, short these and,
1: and Yannick on the other hand is like the shorter is the better <laughs> and um but I grew up with that and I never found a single guy that was Mexican that would be like wear a short skirt do this do that I don't care how many people you have slept with I don't care this and that like there's a lot of um I don't know what what it what the word is in English but in Spanish is that like, it's uh, machismo? Like they I, I can't remember what male the male chauvinistic. Yes. And and like the male where it's like they could do whatever they want, their sex life could be whatever they want, but the girls have to be a different and that's one thing that I've yeah. never liked about this country. I don't like that stereotype. I don't like um how guys slut shame a girl. And I'm just like I never like that. So I always knew growing up I want a different environment. Yeah. And I knew that people from from um from the other side of the the world the world didn't think that way and i always told i always told myself i'm not gonna marry a mexican because they have like it's just the way that they think and and it's just no and i always knew i want someone from the other side of the world because i want to be in a family where that is normal when i'm not where i'm not criticized um and i found exactly what i wanted
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's been quite quite interesting because she felt like there's a lot wrong in her way of thinking and then she meets me and is like, "That's kind of normal. That's okay." Uh, and and I think the one thing that, that the beautiful thing that's happening right now, and it's even happening here in Mexico, is we're getting more access to information. We are opening up to more ways of, of living, and and generally speaking, w- people having more liberties. There is more progress in terms of uh, equality and and gender equality and things. Is a lot of work to do in a lot of parts of the world. Hell yes. But but we we're generally moving in the right direction. Uh, but there's certainly uh, something to be said about finding those people that give you that freedom and that confidence. But one thing that 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 I want to uh, emphasize, Amanity says, you're totally right. Um, uh, one thing that I, I I want to to emphasize is the more controlling you're, the more upset you get about things, the more frustrated you get, the more visibly frustrated or let down you get, the more emotional reactions you get to the other person's actions, the more that person is going to either rebel against you, uh, find other outlets or other environments that are safe for them. Like one thing I've realized about cheating is sometimes cheating is justified. And I, um, why am I going to say this? Sometimes cheating is justified because sometimes people are literally trapped in cages, yes. like, and they cannot be themselves. They cannot express themselves be d- without being shut down. And if, like the only way that they can feel comfortable on themselves is by disappearing from their home life. How many people? Spe- how many people right now are dis- in deteriorating relationships because they have to spend all day every day with their partners? when they had a functioning relationship because most of the day they were out of the house. And that's because when you have liberty to find other outlets, that's good, that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. And especially if your partner's not giving you that stability, that comfort, that trust, then you're going to look at it elsewhere and there's nothing wrong with that. I do encourage trying to establish that in your relationship. I think there's a lot of benefits from trying to establish that. Uh, but if outright it's impossible with your partner, then there's nothing wrong with with exploring other options. Uh, and yes, when we talk about when is it something that you can fix, when is it something where you gotta draw some lines in the sand or some set some limits, and when do you really want to just disappear or or distance yourself? If you see that your partner is not willing to cooperate, is not willing to learn, is not willing to
1: that's what I was gonna adapt, say
0: adapt, is not willing to show any cooperation. And it's just firm on their way of being. And if you're just not compatible, it's maybe not even a bad thing about the other person. It might just be not compatible. And maybe it is a bad thing. In other case, if there's no willingness to cooperate and build something, then it's fine to get out of there. But if there is willingness, take the time to explore because you can heal a lot of things. Like, we each came with a lot of baggage into this relationship. Yeah. But we've kind of worked through a lot of it because we just talked about it openly. But like one thing that I really get frustrated about is when I see people in relationships where it's clearly not working and there's no intent to make it work, but there's also no willingness to explore other options because what happens? Emotional dependency is a thing, guys. Emotional dependency is when you depend on that person emotionally so much that you're stuck there even if the relationship is not working. Ask yourself, do you actually love that person you're with? Are you happy with the person you're with? Or are you just emotionally dependent and too insecure to actually find other alternatives? If so, you need to reevaluate your life. That's not to say that the first instinct should be disappear or break up or anything like that. I've seen, especially with the tools of developed development and understanding the elements and understanding the instincts and basic needs of of, of other people, I've seen toxic relationships turn into amazing relationships. On many occasions. And and you can save your relationship. But in order to save your relationship. You need. All parties involved. To be willing to work. On fixing things. And to overcome and face certain traumas and fears. And I think. There's a very strong. Point to be made in. There's not just one type of relationship. That works for everyone. Not every couple is compatible but every couple can improve the relationship with better communication with curiosity with generosity of expression with some level of transparency but you only get transparency if you don't judge each other if you don't criticize each other if you don't put each other down because the reason why we have a lot of transparency is because like, you know, you can tell me anything. Like, you can literally tell me, I slept with this guy, I did this, I <laughs> saw this, I went on this, I spent this money, I I spent the whole paycheck on clothes this week. I was <laughs> like, you can do whatever. And I'm like, cool, awesome. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're so irresponsible. Like, what did you do? I'm like, you're crazy. Like, I don't go there. So now you know, you can tell me things and you're like, anyone else would have criticized me about this. Anyone <laughs> else would have judged me about this. Yeah, And it's refreshing to just be able to be you.
1: Yeah, it is. It is refreshing. Um, one thing that we did miss, babe, is um, talking about when to run. What, what toxic traits can we find uh, when to run? And one thing, I- I've been full of toxic. Um, but I guess one of the main things is what Yannick mentioned, that if they're not willing to, to change, and they're just making fake promises and it's like something a cycle that goes on and on then it's obvious that they're not going to change um and i know that a lot of people especially me i'm just like oh but this and that and i try to look i like past that but sometimes is when it, it when it i always say first time okay second time mm but third time it's like you know what now this is a game um and i guess that's one thing that I, I could say that if it if it happens the first time and they say okay I'm gonna change they don't change the second time oh, a lot of people deserve second chances but the third time it's like no they're not taking it seriously they just know that you're gonna fall for the pretty words that they're gonna say and you're gonna you're gonna believe it.
0: People don't change if they, they don't want to. Ju- <laughs> le- 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 uh, yes, people won't change if they don't want to. outright. yes, but people don't change. They improve things. They direct their character traits differently. They can become more trustworthy or less trustworthy. They can become more rebellious or less rebellious. They can become more empathetic or less empathetic. They can become more cooperative and more more trustworthy or more trusting. And yes, like you can improve a lot of things. But people in general, their past behaviors are going to be a very strong indicator of their future behaviors. Like... Uh, one of the things, like, for example, one of the ways that I trusted Des a lot is she very rarely talks bad about anyone. And if she does, she's always quick to be very empathetic in her communication. It's like, I don't like this about this person did to me. But do I wish them any bad? No. Do I uh, uh, Do I hate them? No. Do I understand them? Kind of. But, like, she's, she would be like, I don't like this. This is not okay. This is not okay. But she'll instantly go into, like, but I understand this, this, this. Like, there's a lot of empathy there. So, th- that was, for me, a good sign. Like, I don't, like, this is another warning sign. People that talk bad about people, they're going to be talking bad about you behind your back.
1: Yes, and that's in relationships and relationships, um, like, partner relationships, love relationships, yeah. whatever that's called. And, and then friendships. Friendships friendships oh my goodness i don't have any girlfriends right now do i no
0: kind of family (laughs)
1: kind (laughs) of yannick's uh, um mom and sister (laughs) but uh, other than that i i really don't have some and and i guess we we promised we would talk about also friendship relationships and the toxic traits in that and it's um it's also the same uh well not the same but uh, similar and one thing that um that I've learned in friendships it's that if that person like I've had a lot of girls friends that have been wanting to you know be my best friends and stuff but I get criticized a lot um, especially when I first uh, moved in with Yannick one of the first things that where I was getting criticized is was um, he gives you everything why aren't you independent and yeah. Um,
0: jealousy and, leads to a lot of crisis yes
1: and one thing that I learned and and at first I would feel bad because I'd be like okay I'm not independent I I don't do this and do that but well Yannick has always been really good to get me out of dark places and what he said is like do you want their lives like why are you listening to them do you want their relationships do you want their lives do you want to be like them and the first thing I said is like no, no. <laughs> no, I don't want to be like them. I don't want their relationships. I don't want anything. And that helped me to get out a, of a, a lot of things because true friends, yeah, they tell you think up, up front, but I've learned that not all girls are this, but all the girls that I've had friends with, most of them, um, they they go straight to criticizing me for for the material things that I've had. Because I've always been... I've always been spoiled by my parents, by my grandma, by Yannick, by everybody. I've always... I always like to be spoiled. She's always. fiery.
0: <laughs> she likes having an impact.
1: And um, and I always used to get criticized in high school. Like, you always... Every single month, you get a new pair of shoes or three pairs of new shoes. You get, you get a new backpack. You get this and that. And I remember my best friend telling me you're never going to be independent in life if your mom and your grandma and your whole family just gives you everything and um for example my 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 15th birthday it was in in a in a very expensive uh venue and the the dress was amazing it was it wasn't even made in 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 the country it was it was shipped from from somewhere else and and all my things were my family and my friends i remember them criticizing me and telling me hey why are they giving you all of this? It's just a party. Yeah. You you don't value things and you don't you don't take care of things and you're never going to be independent if they're always giving you everything. And as a grown-up, as a young adult, <laughs> he, girls were over that phase, but apparently it happened. The first thing that I was told when I moved in with Yannick was, wait, but are you really independent? Like, yeah. are you really that? You, but, know,
0: you had a lot of friends who used kind of feminist narrative, but to take you down. And you were like, if they're feminists, aren't they supposed to support each other's women? Like, and yeah. and they were like, no, like you gotta be independent. You gotta like never depend on no one and never do this. And I, and if they only knew how much you actually contribute, you contribute a lot. Like now, like for example, you were talking about how you would get uh, clothes all the time, like growing up. Now you buy your own clothes most yes. of the time, and you even <laughs> buy me clothes because I often don't. Like, and 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 that's the thing, like. It's very easy to criticize people at face value, but you gotta understand their context, and you gotta understand why they do what they do. And for example, with this, I understood exactly what uh, she's like she's fiery. She likes having an impact. She likes clothes. She regenerates with a new outfit. She regenerates with her closet looking a certain way. Okay, no problem. Uh, you know, have fun with that. Uh, and for me, being spoiled means that she knows that she is loved. There's like it's a good thing as long as she also has knows about responsibilities and, and commitments and things. And, and she has no problem with that, you know? There's nothing wrong with being spoiled as long as you know the value of things. I was spoiled growing up too in a lot of ways, but I also knew the value of hard work. And and, and I'm a workaholic because my parents taught me about the value of working hard to get what you want. So I'm not a slacker. I'm not a, a person who takes things for granted. But I have been spoined, spoiled spoiled on many occasions. But yeah, uh, going back to the point of, of criticisms... That's a big warning sign. If you see someone criticizing people, I guarantee you that they criticize you when you're not there. Yeah. Uh, People who criticize others have insecurities and need to put other people down to feel better about themselves or to justify their terrible existence. I'm being harsh right now and obviously I don't want to be mean, but... For example, a lot of people that criticized her when she moved in and started leveling up in her life and started having a better lifestyle, more safety, less anxiety, make more money. And when she was really on the way up, everyone tried to bring her down. I was like, you're no longer one of us or you're not independent or who? Wh- what do you think you're doing? And, you know, that relationship isn't going to last. Why do you even explore it? You know, you might just end it now. And like a bunch of like stupid stuff. And it's all to put her down for them to feel better about their Toxic relationships because all your friends at the time, they had very toxic relationships, abusive relationships.
1: Yeah, and most of them told me, like, you've only been dating for four or five months. Uh, Let's see if you say those things after a year or two years. And I'm just like, well, we're all going to turn a year next month. And I still feel the same. Yeah. Um, And I remember just, you know, um, I don't have a lot of girlfriends ever since I was, like, in high school. And even my own family, we don't like girls. Like, we 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 make an exception there's one in you know in a billion that you know turned out not to be so bad but we don't like it because we like to speak our mind and i'm that type of friend that if i see I see if I see that you're wearing something that doesn't look good I will tell you if your eyeshadow or whatever you're wearing doesn't look good I would tell you I made a girl cried once in high school because <laughs> because um we were sitting with my group of friends and she was the one person I didn't like and I just told her the only reason I'm nice to you is because um I'm supposed to be respectful and stuff and we're all friends here and I'm not gonna start a fight but I don't like you don't talk to me I just don't consider you a part of the group but since you hang out with all my friends i'm just gonna be respectful i'm not gonna be a hypocrite until like oh listen and that and start talking to you but i just don't like you i don't like your no, you're very
0: direct and, with people instead of talking to you and people. she
1: started that's crying it. and the first thing i did was just like is she really crying and i had no expression on my face yeah. and all my friends are like why are you so heartless you don't feel bad for what you told her i'm like no because i and and that's how i started losing friends little by little especially girls Um. But then I realized, you know what, the ones that stayed were the real ones, the ones that I stayed were, you know, were the real, the real friends. And I guess, I mean, yeah, it sucks. It sucks to lose relationships if if it's with a partner or with a friend or with a friend and it's toxic and it sucks to accept the fact that it's toxic, but if you keep holding on to that person that's toxic, you're not going to make, you're not going to grow. You're not, you're going to stay stuck in that place and that cycle over and over and over again. And it's going to just suck you in. Yeah.
0: And and also another warning sign is when your partner or your friend makes you feel like no one else will be better for you. Like you're never going to find someone like me. You're never going to find someone who has the same patience, dedication, Uh, who is as generous, who spoils you the same way, who does this for you. You're never going to find someone like me and, like, uh, you're so lucky right now, like, you're taking everything for granted, blah, 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 why are you so ungrateful, blah, 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 Like, uh, basically, what that person is trying to do is lower your expectations so that you stay within that relationship. But that's a controlling behavior, that's a warning sign. Again, a result of that person feeling insecure. It can be worked on, it can be fixed, but it also might make sense to put some limits or to put some distance. It, it all depends on the willingness of that person to cooperate and, and work with you. But there's certainly is something to be said about if you see a person make you feel like they, like, if they make you feel like, oh, I'm not going to find someone like that. Like, my first uh, girlfriend, super toxic, super terrible, violent, emotionally, sexually, everything just, it was bad. I didn't date for five years after that. I just want to talk to her. Um... And a lot of what happened in that relationship is she would put me down so much that my, my, my self-worth went down the gutter. And uh, basically, I was like, where am I going to find someone like her? And she was sh- terrible. But I would think, oh, where am I going to find someone like her? Where am I going to find a girl who likes cars like her? Where am I going li- to uh, find a girl who likes this? And I will just t- grab one or two things that we had in common, and I'd be like, where am I going to find someone like that? Honestly I don't today I don't care if a girl likes cars or not I don't care about any of the things that I justified my 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 staying in that relationship like it was like but in that moment it's like oh where am I going to find someone who does this where am I going to find someone who likes this and then honestly this is a uh, planet with well. how many 7 billion people or how many like there's a shit ton of people in this world and trust me there's several people that are compatible with you there's not just one soulmate or just one person that's compatible with you if something doesn't work out move on there's and a lot of fish in the sea you there's... don't have to settle <laughs> exactly don't settle like i think settling is a, is a big big problem in relationships because people have their biological clocks or their societal yes. pressures we live in a point in history where honestly you can have kids at 50 or 60 and You're not no problem or or adopt whatever you want to <laughs> do, uh, but yeah, you live in a point in history where where there's no rush. You live to 100. You don't live to 40 or 50 like certain ancestors. So there's no rush. You can find like my dad found my mom when he was 38, and they were happily married for like 32 years or something like that. And then the context changed, the dynamic changed, and they wanted different things. And then then that kind of ended and and and, and whatever. But Basically, for they gave us a great life, and, and, and it, but my dad waited till like, 38. And uh, there's 18 years difference between them, actually, which is kind of funny. But, again, something that gets judged a lot nowadays, but it worked out very good for them. Uh, but the, the point is, there's not as much rush. And it, the amount of people that I see justifying relationships or settling in relationships because they feel like they're, they're in a rush, uh, So many of my friends have married into unhappy uh, relationships where they just are settling. And don't settle, please. Yes, can you improve relationships? Sure. Even that one worst relationship, when I started having more self-respect, setting certain limits, not reacting to certain manipulative behaviors, after two weeks of everything being worse, when she realized that they didn't have the same effect on me, things got better, actually. And I actually left that relationship in a quite decent spot. Uh, so I will say most relationships you can improve uh, with enough commitment, curiosity, generosity, empathy, and, and, and transparency. But that doesn't mean that every relationship is worth saving. you got to ask yourself that. Is this relationship worth saving? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you the answer. But if there is consistent... Back talking, backstabbing, controlling behaviors, putting you down, limiting you, not trusting you, uh, no willingness to take responsibility, always blaming you for the problem. Never—that's another warning sign. If they always blame you for everything and never take responsibility, that's a big warning sign too. That means they're not self-aware nor willing to change, and they need you as a, a scapegoat. Like, honestly, if you see that also. Be very concerned. Uh, And if you see a lot of these kind of things, it's like, okay, maybe maybe it's just like, okay, no, this is not working. But I will say with any warning sign that you see, the first thing you should do is confront your partner or your friend and talk to them. Why are you doing this? Why is this happening? And try to understand. It's like, are you insecure about something? Do you not like something? Uh, Uh... Do you feel better when you put me down? Do you feel better about yourself when you control me? Do you feel better? And you know, call them out. Not in like, you're terrible, you're controlling, you're abusive. No, just be like, why?
1: And then there's when you're going to notice if they want to cooperate, if they want to change, or if they just look at themselves as victims and they make you look like the bad guy and they just come up with excuses like oh this is how I was treated when I was when I was small because I was treated terribly and I was surrounded by terrible relationships but that's not an excuse for me to treat someone that way so as soon as you start asking questions and you start asking why you like this why of that be careful and listen to the answers that they're going to give you, because if they're going to give you answers, a victim and be like, this is how I grew up. I can't change. This is how naturally I am. Nope. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so be careful and listen well to those to those answers and try to be calm and sometimes some answers are going to make you mad or angry but just stay calm and then slowly you will realize is this person willing to change or are they just making fake promises yeah. um so i mean yeah and then it's okay it's okay to walk out of um toxic relationships it's okay to walk out of friendships and it's going to be hard i mean till this day i i It's, it's, I mean, there's some friendships that I wish I would have saved or some, some relationships that I wish wouldn't have ended so badly. Um, But if those things wouldn't have ended, I wouldn't have grown. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, been here. I would have been stuck still in that same cycle and making decisions um, based on that person that was just so toxic. And I would have just been stuck in that cycle over and over throughout the years. And that's just I think that wasting your time with someone that's manipulating you, that's that's toxic, that's the worst thing you can do because that's time that you're never going to get back. Yeah,
0: no, no, you're going to look back and it's like I wasted those years, uh, which is not a waste because you lo- learn, you grow, you learn what you like, what you don't like. You learn to uh, love yourself more and have more self-respect. But sometimes you can learn lessons in five minutes or in five years and you got to decide what works for you. It's better I'm learn not here to judge, five minutes. but... Certainly, and and there's another comment here, when they don't take you into account, and is <laughs> like, when you're not happy, just run. Better run here than die, die here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean every person, I, I think a, a, an, an important point with, with warning science is every person has different levels of tolerance, different levels of empathy, different ambitions, different levels of patience, like for example, we talk about how our relationship is so wonderful and so great and, and 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 it's wonderful and it works for us. But there are many people that would not be able to di- date either of us. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of people that wouldn't be able to date me because I'm like I'm very straightforward when it comes to things I don't like. I've had boyfriends. I've had boyfriends in the past, ex-boyfriends that um I've heard that later after dating me, they have beat up a lot of girls and I'm just like
0: that's not on you. That's not on you.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm just like, why? I, I was always a big mouth. Why was I never, <laughs> you know? And then it's surprising for me because a lot of people wouldn't date me because one, I'm very free. And I talk very freely about my sex life. Like, if you slut shave me, I mean, I'm just like, boy, what are you? Like, what are we? Like, in middle school, are, are, yeah. we're in the 21st century. Come on. Is that still a thing? Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people wouldn't date me because I'm very straightforward about that. And I'm also very straightforward with uh, who I see. Okay, baby. Hi. Hi. Kika okay. <laughs> wants to say something. <laughs> um, I'm very just straightforward. And sometimes I say things that young as though, Janik is like, have you said that to your ex-boyfriends because i mean for me it's not it's not um
0: as important she she's (laughs) like i love this about her because i think the same way and and it works very well for us but she's super open about things where i just go like other people that aren't as confident as me would would get insecure with that statement i'm like for me it's like I like knowing that. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you for letting me know. But yeah, there's a lot of things like also how to uh, handle your anxiety and things like that. And with me handling my, me being stressed all the time with the business and the finances and the team's emotions and feelings and thoughts and projects and juggling things and advancing and all that, like I'm sometimes not mentally present like I can be here physically but mentally I can be all gone and like we both have things that require patience from the other person and uh, an empathy from the other person but because we understand each other's contexts we have similar goals and we are happy to help it's easy but other people might not so when it comes to relationships you have to understand What are your limits? What's easy for you? What's difficult for you? What is a yes? What's a no? What are you willing to, you know, be tolerant with? What are you willing to uh, be patient with? What are you willing to work on changing and improving? And what outright is just a no-go and it's not worth working on?
1: Yeah, and then another thing that I would like to add um, before we go is um, you will find the person that you want. Maybe they won't be exactly the way you want them to be but you will find exactly what you're looking for i don't know if that makes sense maybe obviously no one's perfect you're gonna find um flaws and
0: some thank you uh, (laughs)
1: but but you're going to find everything i grew up and i knew i don't want to date someone I don't want to marry. I don't want to live with someone that's Mexican because I know the way that they're going to treat me. I don't want anybody that's going to treat me like in a normal relationship because I don't do normal relationships. I do open relationships and I'm happy that in that way, I'm going to find someone with family that's going to be as open minded as I am because I want to feel comfortable. Um, and all of these things I was told by friends, by family members, you're not gonna find these things. You're not going you you know, you have to be you have to settle down with whoever can take your anxiety, whoever can, can can, you know. And I, I knew there's someone out there that's gonna know what to do in my panic attack. There's someone out there that, that's gonna know what to do with my depression spells. I knew that there was gonna be that person and I didn't settle down with the first guy that I met that was kind of showing something that they over my yeah. panic. Like I didn't settle down for all of that. I knew I w- I'm i going to find something else. And that's one thing to remember because our our families, our friends, they they're good to tell us like, oh, okay, just do this. I mean, there's always going to be this. There's always going to be something wrong. Just go for it. But if you don't feel comfortable and there's still something that's missing, that's very, that's like very important to you. You're going to find someone that's going to meet all of your standards yeah. and maybe even be higher um so I just think that be patient I don't like it doesn't matter what age you are knowing
0: your self-worth and being patient is key know that you can do it know that you can build the life you want build the relationships you want find the people you want to be part of your life even if it takes you years to find those people even if it takes you years to build that life be patient it's worth it Never settle. Uh, I think settling is one of the, the the most dangerous things you can do in terms of your general life happiness. Don't settle. Like if temporarily for a short, little, quick relationship that you get into quickly explore things and get out. Sure, but like getting stuck in a relationship that's not working. No, it's good to have curiosity because I will say there are many relationships that I've seen that looked like they wouldn't work that ended up being amazing. And, and vice versa. Some looked like they were going to be amazing and then they were terrible. So have the curiosity to explore, but don't settle because of insecurities. I think that's a, a big, big, big one. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's about time to wrap up. But I, I just want to leave you guys with with two things. Look at your life and the relationships are not working. Look at the warning signs. Ask yourself, are you cutting ties too quickly or are you overly empathetic and can you find a middle point where you're curious empathetic but also with self-respect and mutual respect and the other thing is what do you want in life and what do you want from your relationships and do you have enough of that in your life right now or is it time to look for more new people to add to your life whether it be friends or 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 or, or dating opportunities maybe it's time to look to add something to to your life in terms of friendships that might in- empower you more, uh, trust you more, and and think a little bit more like you. And, yes, it's okay to have friends to have other viewpoints because that challenges you to think, look at things differently, but also have people that support you and encourage you down the path that you know works for you. So that's my invitation for today. And anything you want to add? No? Okay. Join us next week. Uh, We're going to go into a promo here in a second uh, where we're a little video I threw together where I talk about next week's episode. Uh, But uh, basically, it's going to be talking about warning signs but with the elements it's going to be much easier to go much more in depth faster and give you guys very valuable information about how to manage differences how to manage warning signs when to run when to regenerate the other person when to support the other person when to communicate your context when to bridge gaps or when to build a bigger gap Uh, and next episode will be able to go much more in depth on that so uh with that in mind i will say see you next week same place same uh the same, same time, same place, and I'll leave you guys with, with this uh, little promo. So have a good one. Bye-bye. Hey there. Are you having challenges processing and dealing with certain warning signs, either with your own actions or the actions of your loved ones? Now, last week in the podcast, we talked about general warning signs and how to filter between warning signs that are a quick fix because a certain loved one is drained, insecure, lacks context, or just kind of needs a bit of a boost. We also talked about warning signs that indicate that you need a little bit more self-respect and what you need to communicate certain limits and certain basic needs or certain no-goes. And we also talked about certain warning signs of outright abuse and toxicity, which might require distancing yourself from that person. With those things in mind, this upcoming podcast, we want to take things even further. We want to explore how different personality types have different warning signs and how we can support each one of those people based on their specific needs, based on their personalities. Why do I say this? Because the moment you understand, ah, this person is drained in this part of their personality because of this specific reason, instead of judging them, instead of clashing with them, you can support them. And yes, we all have certain characteristics that we're not proud of. For example, one of the personality types that I have, which is an extroverted personality type that focuses on results and ambition and impact, which is my fiery type, I sometimes end up being very bossy. Bossy. And many times when I'm drained, insecure, or frustrated, I become overly intense. And that is generally a warning sign that means that I need to breathe, look at things from a different angle, find a different approach, maybe ask for help, and don't be so hard on myself and others. But if I don't catch that warning sign, and if I don't act appropriately, which means solving the problem, if I don't solve the problem, I can end up amplifying the problem by judging myself or judging others in the process. So understanding what basic instincts each personality type has, what basic needs each personality type has and how to provide them clarity and inner peace can go a long way. So that's why we want to explore this concept of how to deal with warning signs in a more profound way this week by implementing personality types so that you know, oh, my loved one right now is trained in this particular personality type for this particular reason that has a quick fix. And I promise you, the moment you identify those simple things solving problems in your relationships, oh my goodness, it will become so easy and you'll ask yourself, why did you not know this earlier? So if you want to learn how to solve problems, and how to process those warning signs with more accuracy and with better results, join us this Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Time on our live transmission of our podcast, Develop Young and Unplugged, both on Facebook and on YouTube, and the links will be available in the description below. So I'll see you there. Have a good one.